The Spectator combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, and get a £20 Amazon gift voucher absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk slash summer. Hello and welcome to a Saturday edition of Coffeehouse Shots. I'm Kate Andrews and I'm joined by our deputy editor Freddie Gray and our political editor Katie Balls. Katie, for the magazine this week, you write your column on next year's elections. That's plural, because for the first time since 1992, the US and the UK will have an election in the same year. And you write in your column that for the first time since 1964, there's a real chance that those campaigns might actually overlap. Take us through it. Yes, I think it's fair to say Rishi Sinek would be quite brave at the moment to go to the polls early. There have been some who have enjoyed the idea of a spring election, partly because the local elections will probably be very difficult for the Tories. The last time the next set of local elections took place was that Boris Johnson high point. So therefore, if you had an election then you manage to you know put it all together and it's probably easier to get your activists out you know once a year rather than twice however I think it's safe to say that while the Tories are about 20 points behind the polls the default is going to be to push it back and therefore you have a situation where I think an autumn election is seen as pretty likely and well that is October or November and I think there are some who think have another party conference for those already dreading the one we're about to have and um, because you get lots of uh, money for the party through you know the various events you have there and then use that as a launch pad so you could have a situation where both the US and UK election it takes place in November but even if say it was October you're going to have those campaigns overlapping now the last time that happened was 1964 and Therefore, given we are the more needy of the two when it comes to our so-called special relationship, I think it's a little bit less about, you know, how will the UK election affect the US? I, I would probably, though, I'm interested in what Freddie say, say very little. But I think that we will not only see endless comment pieces, obviously I decided to get in there early, about the parallels. You can also start to see that it will influence the debate over here, particularly if it is Donald Trump as expected, he's a Republican candidate. I think there'll be lots of questions for Keir Starmer in terms of, well, how do you plan to you know, engage with Donald Trump? Here are your previous comments. You have your would-be foreign secretary last, you know, appear, helped lead the protests that Donald Trump even coming to the UK when he was president, David Lammy. I I think you also will see the net zero debate be a big factor because there are one nation Tories who look at what Joe Biden has done in terms of trying to make it industrial policy and say, why aren't we doing that? So it puts pressure on Rishi Sunak. And then I think in terms of foreign policy, if the Republicans are, you know, if the election is tight and it looks as though you could have a Republican president who takes a different approach in Ukraine, I think that's going to mean that foreign policy potentially has more of an impact in this election than previous because normally, you know, people say there's not votes there. Katie, Kia Stama and his Labour Party already talked about Joe Biden a lot. Rachel Reeves, the shadow chancellor, came up with securonomics not so long ago, which was supposed to reflect Bidenomics, this idea that you pour as much money as you can into green infrastructure, try to boost jobs that way, and try to go for growth through a big industrial strategy, a very heavy-handed state. Do we think the Labour Party is going to try even more in the coming months to reflect the Democrat Party? And of course, they don't really have the money to do it. Well, I think that's that's ultimately the Tory argument against doing what Joe Biden does, which is, you know, you can't actually compete in terms of the sums. But I think when it comes to how Kirstama wants to pitch himself, 
they're very keen to lean into the Democrats. You see, you know, key members of Keir Starmer's team were in Washington earlier this summer having meetings. Of course, um, you have Keir Starmer meeting with Emmanuel Macron this week. So, you know, I think part of this is they want to look statements like by finding those centre-left parties in power and put themselves next to it suggest, you know, they're part of a tide, it's part of a movement. But you will, I think, keep seeing them trying to draw those comparisons. I think what's quite interesting is actually Joe Biden and his team do quite like the visuals of Joe Biden and Rishi Sunak, for example. They almost think by being around such a young leader, it potentially <laughs> makes Joe Biden look by virtue like he's still Takes got life years in off. him. And, <laughs> and importantly, the height difference, uh, which yeah. is very flattering to Joe Biden. Yeah, that, that bit man. does work, yeah. exactly. So, so in a way, as much as Keir Starmer, I think they want to, you know, buddy up on that sense. Joe Biden and Rishi Sunak have, have, have a fairly good relationship in that sense. So it's not as low um, you know that relationship between Joe Biden and Liz Truss or even Boris Johnson where I think you could say it was quite frosty. Freddie in Katie's column she says that the UK will be talking a lot about the US but yeah. the US probably won't be talking so much about the First UK. First of all congratulations to Katie for being so quick out the blocks on this one with the column on it because she's absolutely right there's going to be endless stream of comparison pieces. You look really happy. Are you going to write some? I've, I've, well, I've now, I've now got some copy to work off. Thank you very much, Katie. It's great. So, I, well, that is my question. Do you agree with Katie's baseline argument that the UK will be talking a lot about the US, but the US not so much about the UK? It, inevitably, yes. I mean, they're just not that into, or you're just not that into us, I think, uh, is the, um, is the, is the ho- horribly so inevitable you, conclusion. Uh, but no, I think, I mean, it's it's not quite that true because uh, Trump is always very interested in Britain. Mm. You know, his late mother loved the Queen, the late <laughs> Queen. Uh, she was a great lady, by the way. There'll be a lot That's of that, I good, think. Fred. And I think what's always quite interesting from a British perspective is the way that the kind of British politicians dance around American elections. You know, you could see last time Trump-Biden, you could see most senior Tories really wanted Biden to win. They just didn't like Trump. They found it disgusting. And so they were sort of, they started coming out pretty clearly for Trump, uh, for Biden towards the end. Obviously, in an election campaign, when they're elect- campaigning themselves, it'll be very different. And I think people talk a lot about the Tories trying to establish clear blue water with Labour. I think sounding grown up about a Trump presidency and the possibility of it would clearly establish clear blue water with Labour, who, with David Lammy <laughs> as a potential foreign secretary, you know, he's not going to say anything sensible or normal about possibility of a Trump presidency, which is a realistic possibility that people have to take seriously, even if it is, of course, mad and hilarious. It seems very likely, Freddie, that Rishi Sunak and Kiyosama will be the two leaders going into the next election. I think, um, you know, you can never be certain. This time last year, there was a different prime minister who was only going to have a few weeks in office. But it seems pretty likely at this point we know who's going to be leading up the Conservative Party and the Labour Party going into the next election. The polls in America would suggest that we know the same, but we don't. We have an entire Republican primary process. Whilst a serious challenger to Joe Biden hasn't emerged, you know, a year is a long time and there is still talk that something could potentially change there. So there is that difference that we don't, we're not as sure about who might be standing off in America. But let's say it is Joe and Donald. These are very different men compared to Kiyostama and Rishi Sunak. I mean, they're going to be fighting a very different kind of election. Yes, and I think you're quite right, to you and Katie, to, to highlight the sort of the attempts to ape Bidenomics by the Labour Party. But I think they should be a little bit careful about that, because although Bidenomics does have popular appeal in America, that 
America is very different as an economy. It's a much more powerful economy. And also, uh, it's not really working politically. I mean, just look at Joe Biden's poll numbers. I mean, a lot of that is down to him because he's seen as weak, frail, too old, etc. But also, Americans don't feel well off. I mean, the Biden... The White House, Biden White House can throw as many statistics as it wants to about how low unemployment is and how the economy is all sort of gearing up for a big boom. But Americans aren't feeling it yet. And unless they do before November, Biden could be in serious trouble. Mm. Kitty, I want to pick up on the Ukraine point because it was a fascinating part of your piece. This idea that actually there's one candidate, Donald Trump in the States, although a lot of other Republican candidates reflect his opinion, who really could make a different call when it comes to Ukraine if they were to get into office. Now, Rishi Sunak won't agree with that. Kiyostama won't agree with that. You actually struggle to find many politicians, if any, in the UK that agree with that. If if that dynamic were to occur, would, that, would we start to see a real divide in the special relationship? I think potentially. I also think in an election, I mean, it, as you say, you're not going to have Labour or the Tories start to ape a Republican Ukraine sceptic policy. If anything, you're going to get the complete opposite, which is the parties competing to say, you know, we, you know, they are the ones who will support Ukraine the greatest and they care the most. And that, that would be the theme, I think, between Rishi Sunak and Keir Starmer. But if you are looking at potential US withdrawal or, or at least, you know, not funding it in the same manner, I think you could have a situation where lots of people are worried about if there is a compromise, if Donald Trump, you know, says we're pulling out or we're going to make it so Zelensky has to make a deal. I think then across the continent, you're going to have, you know, countries nearer to Ukraine starting to worry that this is going to set a precedent for where they are and probably a feeling of um, a lack of security. And therefore, I think a party which is most trusted on defence or even you could argue actually a continuity government, you know, people might be less, you know, a bit more concerned about risk could start to have appeal and I think more generally it would put a big strain on the special relationship I mean at the same time you're not going to have the UK walking out saying we're not going to talking to you it's just going to be trying to put pressure on Donald Trump to reconsider I think will be what you see and therefore who is in the best place to do that and that's where I think you do get an interesting place to Freddie's point on David Lammy which is there was a decision in that shadow cabinet reshuffle to keep David Lammy in place which I think surprised some in the shadow cabinet I'm not sure about David Lammy himself um, but because they they thought for some of these reasons Kirsten would put someone else in, in that position and therefore we're now waiting I would say it's going to happen quite soon for you know the interview where Kirsten is asked about Donald Trump or David Lammy is asked about what he thinks and and that might have to do some quite interesting mental gymnastics in terms of moving their positions because Kirsten wants to pitch himself as this grown-up who wants to do long-term solutions who's meeting with Emmanuel Macron who could meet with Trudeau but as part of that and saying you know the way I'm going to do foreign policy is have be- having better relations with the EU which effectively is what he's saying on the boats with many questions around it I think it will be the case that they also want to say they are going to have a mature relationship with Donald Trump but that's just quite hard to do with some of the things they've previously done Freddie it's not surprising that a labor politician might criticize a Republican president or a Republican candidate mm. what's always been so surprising to me though is the idea that they somehow support the Democrat candidate this idea that Democrats and labor are the same the Tories and the Republican Party are the same mm. the conservative party in the UK is significantly to the left of the Democrat Party yes. and the idea that they actually have much in common is something that I've always been quite sceptical of. Yes, and uh, I mean, David Cameron was, was to the left of the Democratic Party. Uh, Absolutely. So, so I think it's, it's yeah, it's, I mean, the, it's not apples and pears, is it? I think the more interesting question is whether we are sort of 
People say that politics is downstream from culture. People also say that our politics is downstream from American culture. And, you know, I think what is interesting is the way in which uh, British politicians act like they've just watched too much of the West Wing whenever they're talking about American politics or thinking about American politics, and they think that's how it all works. But actually, it's just more about two powers that have a relationship Mm. that has been good, that has been exploitative at times. It's interesting that Rishi Sunak doesn't seem to want to use the word special relationship, just like Boris didn't. I think that is now on the way out as a term, um, certainly under Biden. But I think with Trump coming back, you'll see, you know, if he, if he, if Trump were to win, I think a more special relationship would be possible. It's just whether politicians will want to take it. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Freddie. And thank you for listening. <laughs>